Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about it. <laughs> Gotta Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Kauna people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and any First Nations Bluey fans who are joining us today. Mary, it is so great to see you and I'm actually really excited because we're going to talk about, now today's episode we're discussing is Unicorse and this started out as like the first time I watched it, I was internally cringing so much. And now I love it. I love this episode now. (laughs) You you don't look convinced. Okay, so look, I I (laughs) loved it from the get-go. It's hilarious. But, yeah, it's it's all the things you don't want your kids to throw back at you and you know they are going to. This episode of Louie, unfortunately, is called Unicorns. Watch the horn. Oh, yeah. I like, I do it with gritted teeth. It's almost like the unicorn line. You'll live to regret that. I think we're going to, but let's dive in anyway. So, before <laughs> we dive, I want to give a massive shout out to our regular listeners, uh, Mark and Gabby, um, who uh, work with me in the Victorian government. Um, Mark gave me a call um, last week just to say, um, the Unicorse is now their new favourite episode. And the reason it's their new favourite is because he said there are many lines which are appropriate for corporate world use. <laughs> and I I agree with him. Like, you know, there are so many, like, um, amazing one-liners in this episode where, you know, and, or why should I care? <laughs> you know, like, just to throw in there, just when you're feeling a bit um, rebellious, it's, <sighs> you, yeah, again, your face is telling a different story to my um, <laughs> glee on this. No, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Every <laughs> meeting that could have been an email, why should I care? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Meh, 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 meh. That is a good, yeah, that is definitely good insight to start this on. <laughs> yeah, we need to think about Unicorse as a bigger, bigger uh, influence than just on our children. <laughs> I want to start with this simple question, though, Mayor. What is a Unicorse? Like, because surely a unicorn is a horse. So, uh, yes, I think so. So, yeah, to me, they've just smashed unicorn and horse together. Perhaps this unicorn is particularly horsey, but like, what is not horsey about a unicorn? I don't, know. I don't understand the premise. Or is it like obviously the it's the title of the episodes? We see unicorn written, yeah. but is it like unique horse? Is it furious? The voice is very high and whiny, so you know. Oh man, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Hey, hey, unicorns! Okay, so let's start at the start yeah. because even the very, like, yeah, Unicorns don't want to relate to but obviously can. Uh, chili. But, oh, my God. As in, but chili. Uh, from the very first falling over the couch when you finally put the kids to bed, <laughs> I was feeling this episode. Yeah. I mean, how often have you done that? And then, you know. What do you want to watch tonight, babe? 
Do you watch TV after we go to sleep? Bluey, not again. Come on, back to bed. I love this sort of relatable parenting thing. You know, what do you want to watch tonight, babe? Like when we're not podcasting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. It's com- quite often the conversation that Age and I have. He'll ask and I'll say, uh, <laughs> I'm on podcast in 10 minutes. But, um, but that was my first big gripe with this episode, oh. actually, that Bluey interrupts too early to actually hear what they want to watch because I feel like I could get a lot of good mm, uh, like viewing recommendations yeah. from Bandit and Chili. Like we know from the Pom Pom episode that they might be watching that uh, oh. Stranger there, Stranger, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. Um, yeah, because of the the uh, parent chatter about the Russia connection yeah. or something like that. A season three, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't watch Stranger Things. I do need more TV recommendations in my life. So Have you watched anything yeah. good lately? Uh, yes, actually, the latest season of Cobra Kai oh, dropped. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and yet again it is. It is the antithesis of Bluey because it is just all the things you should not do with your children <laughs> for yet another season. And we like watched it all in three nights and there's going to be another, another season. And I'm like, are these parents ever going to learn? <laughs> Probably not because Definitely it makes not. for more seasons. Uh, so, yeah, look, the the charm is wearing off, but I'm completely hooked in just what is the melodrama of Cobra Kai now. So I'm loving this. <laughs> and I need to talk to Tim about it because it was Tim who got us onto it. I assume he's been binging it as well. If he has, it's been in secret in between the cricket. I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's January, so, um, you know, if it's, Good point. If it's yeah, not the okay. ashes, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's very busy very right busy now, right fair now. enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then that and Succession as well, which oh. I talked about, uh, which uh, Melanie Zanetti said she'd been hooked on as well and I'd been watching it at the same time. And, again, terrible parent. Like that is pretty much a show about reason. terrible parenting. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, it's it's very depressing actually. Yeah. Um, but I have watched all, I think there's three seasons of that as well now. It's meant to be amazing. Um, but I just, But, yeah, yeah it is incredible and actually I really I never want any of that depressing content to be in Bluey except it has the most amazing uh score that is like a recurring piano kind of every time someone does something terrible or there's about to be conflict and I really want just a conflict episode of Bluey so Josh (laughs) can pull that piano in Uh, yeah, so that brings you up to speed on how everything in my life relates to Bluey. Yeah. Uh, what have you been watching, Kate? <laughs> oh, gosh, what have we been watching? We watched something really good the other day. It was um, the Nicole Kidman, um, Lucille Ball movie. Um, oh, I want to being, see that, yeah. Being the Ricardos, I think it is. And mm-hmm. that was that was excellent. I really enjoyed that. Um yeah. Did you watch I Love Lucy as a kid? Yes. Like obviously we weren't kids in the 50s, but it was yeah. on reruns. Yeah. And so it's 80s. an Aaron Sorkin movie. And so the dialogue is really like witty and fantastic. But I just love, like, Nicole Kidman is going to win awards for that role. She was just incredible. And Javier Bardem, again, amazing. Um, uh-huh. It just, I think growing up, you just never realized the struggles that women would have had to go to to be represented on screen. And, like, you know, yeah. it sort of goes through all these different elements of what she was facing at that time to keep her show on air. 
and it's just it's quite extraordinary so um yeah i really loved that that was terrific amazing um what else have we been watching we watched this really cute movie um on sbs um which was a little bit dark but it was uh what we did on our holiday and it's by the people that did outnumbered um okay. with billy Connolly and rosamund pike and david tennant and it's about a right. couple that um they're breaking up but they're they're keeping up appearances for the sake of the family and they're going to like a, a family birthday party but then uh there's just all this drama caused by the kids mainly <laughs> family birthday parties yep that sounds yeah. right um, there was a pass the parcel but it, was, it was sort of like dark but endearing and I, I'm quite like I don't know I just I can't watch stuff that then I think about afterwards <laughs> terrible <laughs> But like if I go to bed and cool. like I watch something really intense and I'm just like thinking about it for hours afterwards or down, you know, Google rabbit holes, like did that happen? Like with the crown, it was Oh yeah, yeah like totally. you know, afterwards you just down Wikipedia um wormholes. So yeah, yeah. gotta avoid but that. They were cute and um we've been watching the Boba Fett, the new Star Wars. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, look, it's on Disney Plus yeah, as well. Yeah. We've got to support the we platform do, do. that supports Bluey. Anyway, um, we're getting well off track. People want to hear about Unicorns. So, okay. So, yeah, are we putting this off? But why do we have to sleep? Why can't we just stay awake all night? Because that's the way the world is. Well, I'm going to make it so that's not how the world is. So Chili, Chili's resolution and way of dealing with Bluey because she's, she's sort of doing, I'm going to call it sleepy time part two, you know, like. I don't want to go to oh, sleep. Yeah. I'm going to take everyone's bed to the dump, you know. Like, it's yeah. And she <laughs> yeah, was like, uh, I'll read you a story. And this next line from Bandit just really tugged at my heartstring, actually. You know she can't help it. Yeah, I just, you know, you know that they can't help it, but it's so frustrating, <laughs> especially when you're exhausted, right? Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. And you love them so much. It's such a tricky one because the idea of, you know, when they're babies, the idea of sleep training <laughs> exists and if you just train them to go to sleep, then they sleep, which uh, I think everyone has had very mixed experiences with. Um, but, yeah, by the time they can tell you they don't want to go to sleep, uh, it's much more complicated and, yeah, the, they can't help it. Like it's, yeah, that that line goes well beyond sleep when it comes to parenting, doesn't it? Like there's so much in the the big emotion space yeah. and, um, and yeah, I have a, a three-nager and a very emotional five-year-old in the house at the moment and, yeah, they, they can't help it. It's definitely real but at the same time, how do you deal with it then if you can't help? They can't help. So it. many big feelings, you know, and like I think especially at the moment, like there's a lot in the world that feels a bit scary anyway, and it comes out in funny ways. And one of the ways for us has been definitely later bedtimes. So you know, uh -huh. all the protests about it. So yeah, yeah, big feelings and also possibly uh, elevated sugar intake at my house <laughs> because of Christmas oh, and. <laughs> And it's and yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they can't help it, but you could probably, like, yeah, you as in I could uh, probably, 
you know, have helped it earlier in the day, but it's too late once you're <laughs> killing yourself trying to get them to work. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, feeling this episode from the very first. And yeah, that line from Bandit obviously sets up where this very weird episode is going. This is the thing, <laughs> I guess, that ground my gears really early on was that, you know, like, Chili's like, I know, can you help me? Oh, yeah, I've got an idea. Wait, is it a bad idea? And it's a terrible idea. <laughs> you know, like this is the very unhelpful. I, I mean, it's helpful from a parent watching the show perspective maybe, but helpful from yeah, look, development but not from. It's so, okay, so Bandit's terrible idea. Let's. Let's What's discuss what unicorns actually. Yeah. yeah. Well. Okay. So, so what it is for a start before we even try and unpack True. rationale okay. is unicorn this hand puppet unicorn puppet yeah. that has a mullet. Is it a mullet? <laughs> it does look like a mullet, and he's kind of. I'm gonna go with like yeah, like hand puppet, but full chav. Bogan, like in your face. Oh, yeah. Loud, yeah. obnoxious. What are we reading? Well, it's a story. Yawn! Here, read this. It's got a unicorn in it. Yeah, hard to know who he was channeling. There's been suggestions that maybe Agro, which yeah. was an Australian puppet from the, uh, again, the 80s, 90s, yep. that was very kind of mousy. sassy. Yeah, mouthy plus. Yeah. Um, I was I did, didn't watch a lot of Agro as a kid, but I was getting strong um, Randy vibes. Who's a more modern puppet that is also very mouthy, looks like a kind of uh, purple cutting room floor uh, Sesame Street character. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, is like on the comedy circuit in Australia, and I love him. He's hilarious. <laughs> um, and yeah, a puppet. Yeah, in the Randy situation, a puppet has permission to say things that I think, you know, the average comedian possibly wouldn't get away mm. with because they'd be beaten up after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas how do you beat up a puppet? I was kind of getting like almost Danny DeVito kind of vibes from Unicorn. <laughs> Like, yes. you know, you're talking to me sort of, you know, vibes as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And actually the back to the mullet, not that I'm obsessed with mullets, <laughs> but possibly, um, because, yeah, we saw Bandit's mullet in um, Sheepdog. Sheepdog, but also when we interviewed Dave McCormack, um, the mullet came up and he was saying, well, the mullet's gone further now and what about that one where you shave at the sides? We didn't really get to deep dive that with him, but um, where I live, and I don't know if this is a thing everywhere or not, but so I live in one suburb and the next suburb is considered the more bogan suburb than the <laughs> suburb that I lived so in. Is, is, does every suburb have that, that the next suburb's the more bogan suburb according to the people who don't live in that suburb? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> anyway, it's, yeah, so the next suburb is Diamond Creek. and Really? Diamond Creek is considered yeah. more bogan? Wow. Yes, apparently. Wow. It sounds very highfalutin if you don't know it, but everyone in Diamond Creek has this kind of uh, shaved off side Apologies uh, to our in Diamond Creek, yes. I love you all. I am at your excellent play spaces regularly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this so, so within my suburb at yeah. least, this hairstyle is called the Dymo. <laughs> <laughs> and in lockdown when Age's hair was getting a bit shaggy, our lovely neighbour Chloe came over and on the front uh, 
like on our front lawn, much a la sheepdog, <laughs> uh, got out her dog clippers and gave him a Dymo. <laughs> So he, like, this was pre-unicorse uh, as well. So I saw a unicorse and I saw, like, age with this haircut that he has now no longer had. But, um, so, How yeah, look, it's all feeling dimo? very personal. Well, it was still lockdown, so very few people got to see it other than in Zoom and it looked so ridiculous it probably could have been, like, a filter effect. <laughs> I'm not a cat, yes. <laughs> I'm not a cat. I am... I am a bogan. Um, yeah. So anyway, suffice to say, I love this and hate this on <laughs> on Unicors. Um, but yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting okay. anyway. Uh, yeah. Next suburb bogan. <laughs> so, and actually, I should say this. Uh, Costa um, Costa mm-hmm. on Twitter mentioned that it was uh, one of the other um, artists, Rafferty Amor, who designed Unicors and. Acosta refers to him as the Trash Prince Puppet, <laughs> which I think is pretty, that pretty on brand for Unicorns. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's cool. I like it. Um, so, yeah, Unicorns. I think that covers the what yep. and we'll get into the why. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> it's a terrible idea. It really is a terrible idea. Um, Bluey has twigged that Chili is deeply unhappy at everything going on right now. Um <laughs> And, like, that sort of, like, mummy grumpy with me, like, just, oh, like, they take it so personal. It's like, no, I'm just tired. I just want you to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling that hard. And also there's a unicorn. Yep. Unicorns? Louie is finding it a little hard to get to sleep, so we're actually trying to calm things down a bit. Well, it's going to be hard with me around here. <laughs> I feel like... Promise has got a little bit of a shout out, or maybe we got a bit of a shout out here. Oh yeah, well, maybe even specifically me. <laughs> but, um, Definitely you. Um, I'm liking so where this is going. The Unicorse um, brings out the book that I was reading. Mm-hmm. My character was reading in the library. Um, yes, yes. But also, and I mean, you know, you can you can draw the links how you will. But my husband's <laughs> name, my husband's name is Tim, and Unicorn <gasps> says, "Once upon a Tim." Hi. Read it on up on uh, Tim. I wish I could read. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. So I was like, no. oh, it's my book, and he's saying, "Tim, is this a?" Just I'm just gonna like pull every Carol. clutch at every straw that I can here. Really. <laughs> Look, Kate. Just like every time any character ever says "got to be done" in Bluey, yeah. now it is directly a reference yeah. to us. <laughs> Not that it was originally their line or anything. I can see no other intention of this plot development uh, than to shout out to you yeah, and Tim. Yeah. So I love, I love it. it too. Anyway, yeah, I was- perhaps they were perhaps they knew about Age's uh, mullet, yeah. uh, extreme mullet, and yeah, <laughs> Unicorns is a shout out to him. <laughs> this is just oh, this is amazing. <sighs> anyway, yeah. so uh, Unicorns. The- is my new hero in the workplace, I've decided. I, I just love this whole, I'm here for the energy, especially in 2022 when we're all just collectively mm. over it. Like, you know, guilty, you know, like just I'm owning who I am. I'm going to be loud and annoying in your face. Uh. I don't care what you think. Bingo's asleep. I don't care. Well, I do. So how about you and your little mate jog on? 
Really, Unicorse appears and it's actually Chili who ups the ante first with uh, the, um, well, aggression <laughs> that Bingo might be woken up, which is completely fair. And, oh, my gosh, if Bingo had woken up. Oh, my up, God, like, would have been murder. Um, but, yeah, the you and your little mate life. <laughs> Uh, with the change oh, of God. shot to bandit behind the couch, <laughs> like oh, it's just too perfect. But yeah, of course, uh, aggression is met with aggression, and <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Toots uh, really sets up just how annoying Unicorn is going to be. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, but Chili persists, and we get the start of this amazing book mm. that we don't actually hear the title of, do we? No, we don't. But folk, mm. folk story, like have you done any research on this? I have, and, man, it took a while because I was searching King, Queen and Leather, and apparently you can get leather doona covers. So I did not know why that is a thing. <laughs> oh, my God, who would sleep but- under a leather doona cover? That's <laughs> real. What? What? You are making uh, your kingdom into leather. I like, like the sheets. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Perhaps there's a lot of prickles in the beds of these people who are buying leather bedwear. But anyway, that aside, um, I have found multiple sources where, um, yeah, this is a fairy tale. This is, you know, a ye olde timey uh, parable kind of thing, um, which it's slightly, um, I think, yeah, the. Joe Brum and the Ludo team have kind of adapted it, mm-hmm. I suppose, um, in that it's all the ones I found, it's the story of the king and his shoes mm-hmm. um, and then it's either the queen or a servant um, who comes up with the suggestion um, that the king might be approaching the ground problem the wrong way. Um, but something funny about about all these stories that I've found it's the, all of them. One of the frustrating plot points uh, in this story is that Unicorse is ruining the like the end of the story mm. that Chili and Bluey are reading by telling them uh, the Queen should just make shoes. But all of these stories are called the King and His Shoes, the <laughs> Shoes, <laughs> the Leather Shoes. I'm like, wow, way to give away the ending. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Okay. 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 Please continue, Millie. I won't spoil the ending. Ah. Where she makes shoes. That's quite funny. So, yeah, so we've, like, I had never heard this fairy tale before, but we know Joe has definitely mined ye olde tales uh, for Bluey episodes before. And yeah, like I love where this one has gone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think. Tickle crabs even? Did we work out that was a, like, Greek or yeah. Roman kind of, yeah, um, story? So, yes, yeah, cause the, the loving it. Because um, who saves the, yeah, the queen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, one of those yeah. Greek Go back to our recap. You'll, you'll work it out. Yes. <laughs> um, but I don't think this particular story has ever been so beautifully illustrated. I love how much detail is in this book as Chili and Bluey are reading through it. Um, Alice Walsh, one of the art directors, did all the illustrations and, yeah, I think Beautiful. smashed it out of the park. Just even the queen's flowing, or the queen dog's flowing hair, I'm just like, I'm so invested in this story. Yeah. 
Loved it. The queen discovered that her whole kingdom was covered in prickles. What was she to do? Make shoes! <gasps> Blue talks about her ambition to turn unicorns into a nice unicorn. And I think <laughs> this is, for me, the central premise of the whole thing. You know, can you change people and, um, you know, are they really open to change? Um, <sighs> Especially yep. if you're trying to influence that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Personal experience for me, in this case. I guess, um, well, if we pivot to the Brene Brown sort of oh, moment of yeah. the episode, <laughs> I was really actually reminded of the Dr. Phil quote, you know, when people show you who you are, they are, believe them the first time. Yeah. Um, but I can turn them into a nice unicorn. I promise I can. Right, unicorns? Nah. Don't listen to him. Please, can you stay? And I, I think what that comes down to eventually for me is boundaries. So mm-hmm. I've got uh, my copy of Rising Strong by oh, Brene yes. Brown right here. And she talks about um, about boundaries and um, that the most compassionate people she's interviewed are the people that have the most well-defined and well-respected boundaries. So she said it really surprised me at the time, but she said, I get it because they assume that other people are doing the best they can, but they also ask for what they need and they don't put up with a lot of crap. I live yes. the opposite way. I assumed that people weren't doing their best, so I judged them and I constantly fought being disappointed, which was easier than setting boundaries. Boundaries are hard when you want to be liked, when you're a people pleaser, hell-bent on being easy, fun and flexible. Compassionate people ask for what they need. They say no when they need to and when they say yes, they mean it. They're compassionate because their boundaries keep them out of resentment. And I was like, isn't that interesting? Because, you know, like that is so true. You know, I think the times that I've really resented people (laughs) when I'm like, I'll do you this favour, you know, I'll do this nice thing for you, but then I expect you to be appreciative that I've gone to that effort of doing a nice thing and if you don't get the appropriate level of appreciativeness, then I resent it. So... I know. Oh, so look, are we resenting Unicorns because we haven't set boundaries with him? Well, you know? look, I guess the implication is Chili hasn't set boundaries, but then how do you set boundaries with a six-year-old who mm. refuses to go to sleep as well? So I love yeah. how, yeah, the this story relates to Unicorns and the, uh, the path that Chili and bluey has to go down but i do wonder how it relates to (laughs) um to how chili comes to deal with about well she kind of goes into this like you know it it is the moral of the queen story isn't it you can't continually change the environment around you because it's exhausting but what you can change is your own reaction to it so yeah so don't be exhausted by your exhausted children Yeah, totally. So the people could walk anywhere they wanted and the freckles couldn't hurt them. Stop reading! The story that Bluey and Chili are reading, do you think, like, I love how that's lining up with the unicorn activity, but where where were you in the episode when you were (laughs) like, oh, it it all fits together? (laughs) I think I was still (laughs) traumatised, especially (laughs) on the first viewing because... Because uh, Unicorns is just so obnoxious. Full on. And uh, yeah. just the whole time he was speaking, I was just like, oh, oh, 
just hating it. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think on subsequent rewatches, it's so cleverly interwoven because it really is sort of outlining that, you know, you need to look at your response to the situation before you're trying to change other people's responses. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a handy reminder, I think, for every parent. I don't know how achievable it always is, but it's a good <laughs> place to start, I guess, by, you know, maybe not ignoring your kid, but, um, you know, at least understanding that they can't help it and setting boundaries around what you can and can't give them in that time. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, in in the book, in the shoe book, it's it's all very tidy. They have the problem, try and fix the problem, fix the problem. Um, you wouldn't say, you know, mm. there's, there's any great twists in the plot. Um, but I love how it plays that Chili and Bluey really have to put in a lot of effort and quite a few tries to achieve their you know, not reacting to Unicorse because, oh, my gosh, it's a battle, isn't it? <laughs> we can handle this, Mom. Unicorse! Ow! My back! My neck! My back and my neck! I just tap you on the shoulder. Whiplash! Whiplash! Call my lawyer! <laughs> oh. Look, Louie, good on you for trying, but you can't change Unicorse. Ugh, I think you're right. And I think this is also encapsulated really nicely in the story when you're constantly reacting to prevent stuff from happening it's exhausting like yeah i love that line the queen is exhausted yeah yes it is exhausting (laughs) and you know like speaking from personal experience like you know trying to at one stage you know fix my neurodiverse genetically different daughter you know um mm-hmm. at some point you kind of got to let go a little bit and go okay well this is who she is and then how am I going to adjust to that rather than constantly trying to fix it all the time so it's difficult to get right and it's been so hard I still don't think I get it right at all but um hopefully I'm a bit more aware of it now um and that as we've seen in the story, is always the first step. So, You are an amazing <laughs> and hopefully slightly less exhausted queen, <laughs> Kate. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I it's... think I'm less exhausted. Like, yeah, I think the most exhausting thing is when you're in that space of constantly trying to react. You know, it's that classic, oh, you need to put your own oxygen mask on before you can help the people around you sort of. Thing, but it's so hard to do, you know, because especially with little kids that need you, like, yeah, I, I find it so difficult. Uh, yeah. I'm sure and lots of other parents out there do too. Well, I guess the great hope of this episode is that, you know, we're in adult life trying to learn not to be reactive to our kids. Um, it's not just kids that are annoying. There are plenty of unicorses out there in the wider world. Um, and, yeah, it, it can take a lifetime to learn that, yeah, it's actually all you can control is how you react. Um, but all the little kids sitting down watching unicorse, are they absorbing the message that all they can control is how they react to no, other people? Just or- 
possibly. Uh, Yeah, we were at my sister's house um, and there was a unicorn toy uh, nearby that popped up in story time. And, yeah, the first thing Caspi, my three-year-old, did with it was just pick it up and whack it in my face. And I'm like, yep, the lessons of unicorns have been learned. Thank you. Why should I care? Oh, I forgot about the catchphrase. So that, did, did it reply children when you asked it what was your favourite food? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> Look at mine. <gasps> Bluey. Oh, I know. Unicorns. What's your favourite food? Children. Oh. Uh, the, this episode, I, the, I think we're pretty much there at the recap in that um, – you know, yeah, it's all chaos. But uh, I feel like we need to pick favorite oh. lines now because there are so many favorite lines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it, I think it's like, and why should I care? <laughs> Just for yeah. the multiple uses that you can employ in everyday life. But Shilly's line is so beautiful, isn't it? You can't change unicorns, and I'm not sure you can change anyone really. So, yeah, uh, that's yeah. definitely my Brene moment. Um, but mm. yeah, I think what do unicorns eat and the like, you know, <laughs> death tones. What's your like, favorite food? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's your favorite food? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, was just too perfect. Um, you were talking about the <laughs> and then uh, chicken bucket. Chicken bucket, what is oh just hilarious. Um that Bluey knew exactly what that was to then prepare invisibly and hand to him as well. Amazing. Um uh, you touched on awards for incredible uh, actors at the start of this episode, Kate, uh referring to Nicole Kidman, but there is quite a yeah. push on Twitter that uh one Dave McCormack should get an award for this episode alone. <laughs> for his portrayal as Bandit portraying <laughs> Unicorns. Um, our friend of the podcast, Cameron Williams, was one of those voices uh, who came on and talked. Um, oh, yes. Uh, movies with us? No. But, yeah. He talked yeah. about all the pop culture and movie references in yes. Bluey. Yeah. Yes, which was amazing. Um, another uh, regular correspondent of the podcast Sam Robinson who's a radio star up in New South Wales um yeah both of them leading the charge for all the Oscars for Dave McCormack and yeah I think that's fair um just on the course platform so I I actually love the lawyer that comes out as well (laughs) well look and I love his I love his uh you know character journey as well because he really just uh, kind of mimics where Bluey is going because Bluey has set out to help Unicorse be a good Unicorse. Uh, you'd think the lawyer was also there to help, but pretty hilarious that as uh, Bluey and Chili successfully ignore Unicorse, Unicorse just turns on the next person who's trying to help him, which, um, yeah, is definitely a cycle you see in some... <laughs> some people sometimes um yeah so that was a very nice nod to just uh what reality is like sometimes uh yeah (laughs) the fact what about that that line i'll have to get a little bit pokey oh (laughs) man it's like 
<laughs> do you think that's just a standard kind of that's a catchphrase in unicorn land generally like it has that come up in my yeah. little pony because it just seems so unicorn appropriate hey unicorns let me handle this yeah watch it mate i'll have to get a little pokey okay as your lawyer I- here i go uh, i'm sure bronies are constantly saying it to each other it's so funny um, <laughs> yeah, you introduced me to bronies. And well, like, you've seen yeah, them everywhere. I'm, I'm still still what one blown. <laughs> well, no, no, but you've introduced me to many pop culture terms well, I had, I, like shipping and things that I didn't know before. This oh, well, anyway. like I'm, I'm only finding out five minutes before you, I'm sure. So <laughs> we're, we're all learning together. Uh, we are all learning together. Um, some classic fairy tale music, music in this Should episode, we? Kate. Yes. So um, it's Rossini's William Tell Overture, which has been pimped out to the max with some sort of <laughs> weird disco hyped up uh, chipmunk style, oh. I don't know, like beat behind it. I'm I'm kind of here for it. I feel like this is um, the Packerbell Cannon sort of moment for season yes. three. Oh, I um, thought of you one. and just your, yeah, nervous. With uh, the claw. Yep, uh, and your horror immediately. But okay, so William Tell Overture not up there <laughs> okay, with Packerbell okay, Cannon for you as terrible classics. No, no. I've, I, I mean, Packerbell's Cannon just has its moments, but I think William Tell Overture is generally much less grating. Um, so William Tell's Overture was written by Rossini, and it premiered in 1829. It was actually the last of his 39 operas, and it tells. Um, the story of uh, William Tell, um, and <laughs> it was very popular. Um, yeah, it's a musical picture, basically life in the Swiss Alps. So mm-hmm. um, this is this movement is uh, often called the March of the Swiss Soldiers, and it's meant to be that real ah. galloping, sort of triumphant. Uh, you know, they're marching through the Alps and everything. Um, okay, but uh, the the theme was so popular. Um, the it, it was instantly adopted by so many different classical composers who reworked it. So Liszt, Johann Strauss, uh, Shostakovich used it. Um, in in it, similar to Packerbell's Canon, it's been used a lot in pop culture. So uh, Clockwork Orange um, uses it as uh-huh. one of the main themes. Uh, the Princess Diaries uses it to um, get Mia out of a hairy situation at some point. And it was the theme music for The Lone Ranger, um, the TV series. Really? Um, and a, uh, <laughs> fun fact, according to Wikipedia, the term intellectual has been defined as a man who who can listen to the William Tell Overture without thinking of The Lone Ranger. <laughs> so I found that so hilarious. And then because, like, here in Australia, Pizza Hut in the 80s and 90s, like, used the yes. William Tell Overture for their um, ad campaign. It was, like, one three double one double six one three double one double six. Pizza Hut. So delivery. funny. Um, so I can't think of that song without thinking of that tune. So, yeah, we definitely do not well, pass the intellectual test uh, by any standard. Do you, let me take uh, that um, that connection to it into the stratosphere for you, Kate, because when I was maybe seven or eight in Brownie Guides, um, our, like, Brownie Guides was sponsored, I think, by the local Pizza Hut or there was some kind of oh, connection wow. going on there. And this was at the height of 131166. Uh, 
And where I lived in Bendigo, there's a giant annual Easter parade um, that, you know, guides would participate in. And we were invited to be on the Pizza Hut float. And for some reason, I don't know who came up with this (laughs) ridiculous idea. The Pizza Hut float uh, was sort of surrounded by people in Pizza Hut uniforms handing out vouchers for Pizza Hut, obviously. Uh, And on the float, (laughs) layering the William Tell Overture, the Pizza Hut, you know, powers that be decided what we really need is someone dressed as William Tell and someone dressed as William Tell's son because apparently that's the story that William Tell is an archer who shoots an apple off son's head and we'll get the brownie guides to do it and I dressed as William Tell with a bow and arrow and for hours just listened to the William Tell overture on repeat. Um, You say that William Tell was in the Swiss Alps. I had always assumed that he was British because uh, the uniform I wore, well, the outfit (laughs) I wore was pretty much just looked like Robin Hood. So... So, yeah, I'm learning a lot from this, even though I have personally been William Tell. uh, It's good to have this background. Thank you. (laughs) So random, right? Traumatic experiences. Like, Uh, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I'm I'm watching this Mary bowling gold. (laughs) Um, Just by the end of those few hours, you would have been like, oh, my God, stop that many connections in my head as you're saying this because also, (laughs) like, the tune – you know how like standard kind of horsey ride, like parents sits child on their yeah. knee and does a bouncing up and down horsey ride. Like that's always <laughs> been the tune <laughs> of the <laughs> William <laughs> Tell <laughs> overture. <laughs> yes, uh, in our family. And I'd yeah. always thought, you know, oh, that's a bit highfalutin. But actually now that you say it's the theme song to what TV show did you say? The, the Lone, Lone Ranger. Ranger. Like that galloping. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, galloping. Uh, the Lone Ranger would have set the standard for knee horsey rides everywhere. So, yeah, perhaps not so sophisticated after all. Ah, yeah. I and feel so educated. It was used for a trope in lots of other things that sort of revolved around horse riding too. So, like Bugs Bunny used it mm-hmm. as well. I think more modernly, um, like there have been car ads that have used the William Tell Overture as well to like the sort of that journeyman sort of concept is so yes. closely linked with that song for that reason. So, yeah. Uh, interesting. I heard it like probably mm. end of last year, I heard an interv- a podcast interview with Joe Brum. Um, and they are specifically about, you know, any input he has into choosing the classic music for the score. And he said, look, his main thing was he wouldn't want to choose anything. Like so much classical music has been ruined by ads because you hear the classical music and you just think of the ad that used it. But, yeah, clearly clearly, yeah. <laughs> ad classical music is not completely off limits because, <laughs> yeah, now that William Tell's in there, yeah, we could. Well, it's been reimagined, right, into like yeah, a, a disco banger. So, oh, um, it's so yeah. Good. Yeah! Um, I think we're there. <gasps> Mailbag? Anything? We are as well. Mailbag is very on brand because amazing uh, Madonna, formerly of Adelaide, but now back in Brisbane, Mm. who we've heard from a few times, um, emailed pretty much as soon as this episode dropped 
um, and says, hi, Mary and Kate, Madonna here again with another I'm thinking too much about this deep dive update for you. Um, so that's how we love emails to start. Thank you, Madonna. Um, okay. And, yeah, well, so she was initially, gra- like, groaning when Unicorse came on. But, um, mm. yeah, when she realised that the Queen and the Prickles storybook uh, was a metaphor for what can we change, um, yeah, she just realised how multi-layered this episode was. Uh, still doesn't like Unicorse as much as the rest, but now she's peeled the layers back. Um, it's much higher than Chicken Rat on her rating scale. So, so happy to know that we're not the only ones out there with a rating scale and uh, that Chicken Rat is so low on it. <laughs> um, but Madonna also... Uh, or Chicken Rat. With uh, we know that now for us, um, because oh, I love we know that now. Uh, because yeah, and the, look, this is a bit of a jump forward to Fairy Tale, which was the episode that wrapped up um, this first drop of season three. Back when Chili says to the kids in the show about where she and Bandit met, well, there's a dispute, but let's just say at a party in London, and. Uh, Madonna mm. says at the time she'd sort of taken the opinion that Chili was too drunk to remember <laughs> when they met up. Yeah. Uh, which was, I think, that, you know, that's kind of how I feel about uh, London. And actually, Madonna points out that, you know, Chili says, I don't remember the Queen being there. And Bandit's like, you wouldn't. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of implies, yeah, yeah. Uh, drunk old Chili. Uh, but yeah, she, uh, Madonna's connecting the dispute as actually. The dispute is that was it even in London or was it, spoiler alert, in the uh, caravan park when Bandit was eight? So I love that. Oh. I think we'll di- dive much deeper into that when we do fairy tale. But oh yeah, I think we're not going to get we to fairy to tale soon. for a while. Oh, okay, soon maybe. Oh, really? I think <gasps> we should do it soon. Oh yeah. well, look, I'm all for it. It's so good. It is so good. But yeah, it's a bit like. You know, we save sleepy time till our last recap of that what drop. But look, come at oh. us. Let us know. Should we recap fairy tales sooner or later? We're on all the socials. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you should definitely yeah. let us know. Because uh, we're up to socials, right? You can uh, check us out at Bluepod yeah, on Instagram. Um and Facebook at Bluey Podcast on Twitter, and you can email us like Amazing Madonna did, uh, BlueyPod at gmail.com. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and um, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure being back, uh-uh. and um, we're really enjoying it. Uh, Even if it's through Mary- gritted teeth at times, right? <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> oh. Why should I get? <laughs> Just whip it out in a meeting. It'll feel good. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait. Can't wait for next week. We will be back then. Kate, in the meantime, it's got to be it's done. It's got to be done. Bye. Bye. Oh, Mum, please, can Unicorn stay? Louie, he's the most annoying unicorn in the world. Guilty.